You're listening to Sports Biz Podcast, broadcasted live at WNHU on the campus of the University of New Haven. This is Rob Thompson, Sports Biz Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I don't even know why I delayed on that one. I lost my train of thought for a second there, Tracy. Tracy the Forge. How are you doing, Tracy? Thank you for joining us. I'm great, Rob. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you tonight. Well, it's very special to be on the Sports Biz Podcast. You know, I only do like once a year now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel special. Well, exactly. So um, we have a lot to talk about, and but I really want you to tell your story. And I just think it's it's very unique and it's it's different in the sense. because typically the, the folks that um, I interview on this show are, um, are from a league or from a team and, or an agent. And, you know, this, the one thing I love about what it says on LinkedIn is, it, is uh, an attorney by training and entrepreneur in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. So, so talk about that a little bit. Talk about kind of your journey because you, you came up, yeah, you came up through Major League Baseball. You you came up through the league side of it, and um, some really interesting things have transpired since then. So go ahead. It's yours. Sure. Thanks. And I you know, definitely don't want to regurgitate my LinkedIn or my resume, but um, I do feel like I have a unique journey um, as a Division I uh, athlete. I, I was always in sports, always intrigued by the business of sports. And so going into law school, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Spent very um, early days getting involved in the sports management program, the sports law program at Seton Hall, uh, mentored by a few really great professors. Great. uh, It was one of only two sports law programs in the country, which is why I chose that law school. Uh, And and I think that that really made a difference. I was able to start a few programs there. I was able to work as a sports law fellow really engage folks in the industry as a student, right? It was, I could pick up the phone and call anybody on behalf of the law school and, and the sports law symposium and, and they would answer, you know? So that was really great. Really helped me land at the national hockey league straight out of law school. Um, Amazing experience working um, on the legal side of the business, uh, learning more about the television rights and the radio rights. Internet was just starting, so very much a learning um, period. Uh, From there, I landed at MLB.com. I was one of the first 50 employees there. That was an amazing experience and really where I think that I learned I was an entrepreneur and where I needed to be in a fast-paced environment where we're growing something. Now there we had the brand and a budget. We weren't worried about that in a lot of ways, you know, but we were still dealing with dial-up issues and customer service and how are we creating subscriptions online and very digital challenges, I'll call them. And um, so I loved that and being a big baseball fan, it was was great. Um, So from there, I, I, you know, you stay connected. Sports is a very uh, incestuous industry, I think. Every... Yeah, everyone knows each other. And so moved back to Massachusetts, where I'm from, uh, from New York and and working at the league, reconnected with an old colleague of mine from the NHL who's doing a sports marketing firm, not digital at all, and um, very much 
focused in the youth sports space, uh, but we were able to capitalize on a lot of our relationships in uh, Fortune 500 companies and activating their youth sports sponsorships. And we're able to sell that to a company called the Active Network. Oh, yeah. yeah, so the Active Network, one of the largest online companies that a lot of people have never heard of, right? They don't realize that they were the back end engine for all the online registration. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and so then you start seeing your career as I started as a lawyer, but then I'm on the digital side, I'm on the business development side, I'm on the operational side with the account managers, and I was running all of East Coast operations for that San Diego-based company at the time. And uh, so we did some really interesting things. That was, a, um, Active was a, basically a compilation of about 40 different mergers and acquisitions that they did over the course of time rolling up the space. And so being involved there, uh, we were able to help some startups, some early stage companies get some capital and uh, actually strategically help them in the industry in getting deals, one with ESPN and the other with Sports Illustrated. So the two of them within a short period of time from each other uh, had successful exits. And on, it was that impetus uh, in 07 that a lot of the folks that had invested with us uh, said, there's something here. We've, we've got something in sports tech and media. And so we started um, a venture capital firm in 07 uh, doing that, investing at that intersection of sports media and technologies, a couple of former, three former NHL executives um, and our team of 10 set out to to change sort of the way that we look at these companies where sports being the proving ground and the passion points for a lot of these businesses that then can expand their verticals. Um, unfortunately, as we talked about before we started the recording, life has a way of, of throwing you curveballs and uh, timing wasn't right for that, uh, that venture. We were uh, out on the street with our PPM and our products just as Lehman was going down and the financial markets were going south. And as a first time fund, as a fund, the very first of its kind, exclusively investing in sports tech, uh, we weren't going to get there. So as every good startup does, you know when to, uh, you know, call it quits. And so we, we really uh, pivoted. We went from a team of 10 down to a team of three and started a, a holding company, did a few more sort of fundless sponsor investing. We did some consulting and, and then we incubated based on the deal flow that we were seeing at the time. And this is really early again. Um, we saw mobile and video just on the rise in, in 2009. So started a company uh, focused again in the youth sports space, mobile video, mom and dad have their phones in their pockets, taking little Johnny's soccer goal and within seconds getting to share it to grandma in Missouri in a very private, uh, very secure way. And again, um, that, that uh, experience was great. As an entrepreneur, you always have to be aware of your um, where is your, your product market fit and what's happening? We were not going viral. As a B2, B2C company, we weren't, it wasn't working. It wasn't resonating. Privacy amongst parents, they, the care wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So we pivoted to a business-to-business -business model and had a lot of success with some media companies. Um, got a Series A funding by Sinclair Broadcasting. Mm -hmm. um, but then it was then that I decided I would jump out and, and try my hand at something new because that took six years, right? Being an entrepreneur, you got to have the stomach for it. Six years to go from concept, naming the company to a Series A outcome. And 
I'm grateful that company is still an ongoing concern. They're, they're doing wonderful and, and the team is fantastic. They're building some really special stuff in that space. Um, but I was able to jump out and start the Players Impact, which is what brings us to today and, and what we're building um, is really a platform that's exclusively for current and former professional athletes looking to preserve and build wealth, right? We'd like to say that we're empowering the athlete in business. Uh, we're, we're bringing curated, vetted, early stage investment opportunities. Uh, if it's not deploying capital, we're also connecting the ecosystem of the startups to the professional athlete space, mm -hmm. um, providing access to um, not just the collaborative investment opportunities, but education, business resources, the peer network, the you know, subject matter experts, et cetera, to help grow their off-field endeavors. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, what was it that you learned along the way? And I know there was probably a lot of learnings because you, you learn when things don't always go right sometimes and um, a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. And what is it that you went through and experienced to get you to where you are right now, where you completely pivoted off of, you know, building something to helping and supporting? From, from being operational in that mobile video company to coming to this? Um, mm -hmm. Well, so again, you have scars, you've learned a lot. And if you can find folks that that you could help uh, it pretty much i was aiming to build a sports tech accelerator virtually online and it was i'll be honest is pretty accidental that um i learned this niche that we could fill because there were a lot of athletes asking what what were the deals we were looking at and how were we looking at them and what questions were we supposed to ask and how did we exactly know and and that really was what uh, real made us realize that um we had something there and it, it was more about helping those athletes. And, and at the same time, by the way, we're helping the startups, right? We're not just disregarding them. The athletes are our number one priority and who we think about day in and day out. But because we're so tightly tied to the startup ecosystem, we're, we're, we're helping both. What do you find that, um, I mean, just even your own career and where you are now with the athletes, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll tee it up from my side first. I don't know why I even started with a question, but... <laughs> I, I find that there's when you're trying to help, I call career seekers. Um, and even in startups, they go to this point too. They have such a great idea. They think they want to be the general manager or they think they want to do something um, of, of just this dream job. Um, what have you discovered as far as the process, the discovery process, kind of the trying to lay out a, a roadmap from that for them. Do you find that there's a massive disconnect when you get these pro athletes out that are just saying, now what? Like, I don't even know. I, I feel like I know what I want to go, but I don't even know what I'm good at outside of playing a sport. So oh, how do you help them discover that and, and lay that out for them? Yeah. So, I mean, there's that whole idea out there that just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I took that as for myself, deciding what I wanted to be when I grew up is just because I could do a lot of different things from being a lawyer to entrepreneur to operationally. What was my highest value that for me, not only was I good at, but it was going to make me happiest. And that I think takes a little bit of introspection and thinking about like, what's your value base? What is it that you want? And so you asked earlier, but helping people is ultimately what makes me feel good, right? So that is what 
I knew that I was there to more be in a serving role than others might be as far as like the legal stuff. But I think that's what I would tell career seekers. And I do often share with athletes is you, you really think about your core values and what are your objectives and how do those overlap and then seek something out there. Did you find that when you were coming out of school, did you know that the legal was your direction or did you have, was your family involved? What was that influence that led you in that direction? You know, that's a funny question. I knew I was going to be a lawyer since I was 12 years old. I just, <laughs> really? I just knew. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until later on that I knew that I wasn't the type of person to be a, a hardcore law firm, corporate attorney, right? Yeah. Um, and again, it was, it was sports and being around that environment. Uh, you know, I came from a, a pretty tough background, actually, pretty um, big family, was, was, kind of in a lot of ways lucky to escape in a, you know yeah. the environment that I was from and sports helped me do that yeah. and I saw how valuable my team and the support of coaches and really um, you know what sports teaches you to stick to things that grit all of the things we talk about now with great entrepreneurs and how we think that that our athletes are going to be great entrepreneurs once we target them and let make them realize that maybe they don't know what they're going to do, but they already own the characteristics and the, and the mindset to succeed if pointed in the right direction. Did you find that, and I, did you find that, um, you know, the discovery part for you was you knew a direction, you knew it was going to be law, but where did you fit into that? And how, how important that was for you, you know, and all, even these athletes and these kids coming out now is I have an idea that I want to go here, but until you actually get in and you start grinding, then you figure out kind of your career path um, a little bit more. What was, was that part of your experience of your discovery when you went through the NHL, then major league baseball? And then you said, man, I'm kind of good at this part of it. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I think, for me, the times changed, right? So it was more being aware that opportunity could be knocking on your door at any minute. Yeah. When I started at the NHL, I was, you know, I was in a legal capacity and it was, um, if I hadn't seen sort of the trends that are coming or the wave, the movements that are coming as, as technology is influencing things that are important to you, how do you respond to that, right? They say the famous quote, there's, opportunity and chaos. And that is, uh, I don't know that I had the actual state of mind at the time to say that, but that's, you know, ultimately what you do is so long as you are always thinking about what your opportunities are and taking it, being ready to take advantage of them. You know, I, I'll tell anybody who's looking um, to find a career in sports or otherwise is, is networking is everything. And so having cups of coffee with people who are doing what you think you'd like to do and really getting insightful and talking to them about what it is they like about it gives you clues, right? And so I really did a lot of that um, networking early to make sure I stayed away from what didn't sound very good once you started discovering it, right? Everything is glamorous until you really figure out what's behind it. So, so if you had a chance to give your 20-ish year old self advice, you know, about career, about life, about relationships, just about everything in general, things that you panicked about and things that you could just, anything you could tell yourself 
now and go back, what, what would that advice be? Whew, wear more sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is one of them and it's a very important one. Um, yeah, I would say to believe in yourself, yeah. right? It, it, it is all about your confidence to not get beaten down because you're going to get told no a million times over. You're going to sit, get people to tell you you're not the right person to do the job. You're, you're, you just don't fit the profile. This isn't going to work for you. Why, why are you not the person? And instead just change that dialogue, that inner dialogue to say, I am that person. This is why I am that person and understanding why, you know, to you, you said it a little bit earlier, like uh, sort of, I realized my values were in helping people and supporting. And so I think, that is why I'm the right person to do exactly what I'm doing today is because I know that's my core value and that makes me authentic and true. And, and if you are authentic to who you are, I think that that's success. You know, the one thing that uh, I just wrote an article on LinkedIn about the five things I would say to myself. That's why I asked you the question. Oh, okay. Yeah. But one of them was, and I had to think about this and I, and I, and I just remember going through a process mentorship, a mentor was so important to me. Um, and wrapping my head around, especially in work when, at that time when I worked for the NFL and being involved in all these great programs and being at these awesome events um, and knowing that, gosh, there's so many people that would love to be where I am right now, but I don't remember ever enjoying most of those moments because I was so nerved up, you know, I was always waiting for that next, you know, when's, what's our next project? What's our next, am I going to be around next year with this company? And one of the advice to myself was, enjoy the moment because it's going to be okay you know and I wish I could have enjoyed it more when I was going through it that's great and as you say it absolutely that resonates with me enjoy it while you're going through it try not to just be worried about the next thing or panicking about um, all of it because it's pretty great when you're there and you, you just have to really uh, absorb it all I had a mentor and this guy coached um, college football for a very long time and by the time I got to him, he worked with me on these NFL projects and we traveled quite often. And I just remember one night late and this guy was a character and um, he, he, I said to him once, hey, I mean, he coached at, I don't know how many different schools. And I asked him, I said, where was the best? And it was all division one college football. And it was just a real high profile guy. I said, where was the best place you ever coached? And he looked at me, he's from Charleston, West Virginia and said, Robbo, wherever I was, that was the best place. Mm. And that made so much sense to me. And he, and he said, look around, look what we're doing right now. Why are you worried about tomorrow? Think about, enjoy the moment today. And that helped me with the rest of my career. And I was young at that time. I was in my late, late twenties, early thirties, I think. And um, that resonated with me so much to say. And, and so from then on, um, every single moment was gratitude. Every single moment. Uh, and that career was gratitude. And I wish I just accepted. I just wish I didn't blow that whole, you know, those, those early years away with the NFL and some of the cool stuff we were doing. But anyways. I hear you. I agree. Yeah. Do, do you think, um, do you think now where you are and, you know, kind of taking on this role as an entrepreneur um, and people, I think, ask this question a lot, but did you feel like when you were 12 years old, and you knew you were going to be an attorney, just throwing people in jail or whatever. <laughs> do you feel like entrepreneurs are born or do you think you became one after 
after a while when you discovered where the opportunities are in the industry? Ooh, that is a great question. And uh, being a lawyer, I could answer it both ways. Yes. But <laughs> well, this is not going to be used in a court of law, so don't worry. <laughs> I think I would lean towards that you're born. Not that entrepreneurial skills cannot be taught no. um, for sure, but there is a definite risk tolerance and that um, ability to just quiet your breath to get your thoughts that you can learn to some extent, I think, but being a true entrepreneur and knowing sort of like putting it all on the table is very difficult for a lot of people. And um, you have to, you kind of just have to have it or not. You said something before. That's why I kind of led to this question. You're like, you just have to have the gut for it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> after a while you look at it as we, I've been both just like you, you've been in and out of it too. And um, like, there's always amount of stress out there, right? Whether you're stressed with the boss or things you can't handle internally with people that you work with outside mm -hmm. forces, yeah. you're always going to have someone that you have to report to. You're always going to have a boss, whether it's the bank, whether it's, it's somebody. Yep. Um, it's, and I realized, Tracy, and I don't know if you're like this, I just realized all the pressure that I always felt and the anxiety I felt, that was coming from me. That's my DNA. That's who I am, regardless of whether I work for somebody, whether I was an entrepreneur, and it was all on me laying awake at Thursday night. What, can I make payroll tomorrow? How did you handle that stress when it hits you the most? Like, how did you handle it and deal with it? Hmm. So one, it's a good point that you make. It's and again, going back to entrepreneurs being born, like you're just driven or you're not right. And you have to be driven to believe enough in your own idea to, to push forward on it. Um, how do I handle the stress uh, yoga, <laughs> uh. a lot of self care, you know, um, giving yourself permission to, to take a break for a little bit. And because it, you know, I, as a mom, I feel the same way. Um, I cannot be my best self, my best business leader, or my best a best mother to my children if I'm not taking care of myself. And so, how do I do that? You know, making sure you get a lot of sleep, making sure whatever it is that helps you feel good, whether it's reading a good book once in a while or or yoga. Or, um, I am I'm sort of perpetually into all of these crazy sports. I've running a few marathons and Taekwondo. And I do think that all of those help me as well deal with my anxiety. You know, um, that's my outlet is, is generally physical <laughs> punching people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or throwing them in jail. Yeah. One or the other. Um, emotional intelligence. When did you discover yours? You know, when did you really discover who you were? inside did you always have that since you were 12 or did you find that out later on oh rob you're just opening cans of worms um like, this is a therapy session yeah exactly uncle rob <laughs> <laughs> well since you ask um no i definitely again i talk about my background without getting too in detail on that it was dysfunctional yeah um and so i was always seeking to be somebody that I didn't know who was. Like I, I just thought I needed to keep striving to be out of where I was. And, and so I thought for a long time that that's what motivated me is to escape. Um, but ultimately I think that it's not been until my forties that I 
Yes, I'm in my 40s. I know it's shocking. Um, <laughs> that I finally felt a little bit more free, yeah. you know, about, about exactly those things, like being happy with who I was and knowing that that whole time that it wasn't that I was running away from anything. It was just that that is who I was. And I think that it helped me in the long run. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a good answer, but I mean, it is. And um, I tell a story about, and it, and it took me years, and I did a deep, dark secret from myself and everybody else. I just buried it. Um, but about three years ago, when I wrote my book, um, How to Land a Dream Job If Your Dad Doesn't Own the Team, pathetic plug, but everybody knows who's listening. But, it, <laughs> but I wrote the book, but I put in there that, um, that I have dyslexia. And uh, my wife didn't even know. My parents didn't even know, you know, wow. and it wasn't discovered until I got to college. And um, it was something that uh, in, just it, it brought out um, a lot of things that I hid. And it's amazing when you bring those out, um, what happens to you personally. And because I've always looked at, I looked at myself very earlier on of, you know, you're just a moron, you know, and you can't focus. And it's, it's, a, I mean, if you know, dyslexia, there's yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs that have dyslexia, Absolutely. What, you know, it, it makes your, your, your kind of your focus stay in one place, but then your creativity blows out the doors. And uh, once I accepted that, once I understood it, I was able to deal with it and actually was able to get into college finally to do that and play college football and all that. So, but admitting it was so hard to do and to tell the world about that. And for me, I realized it was that um, emotional intelligence that I, that I had that helped me with my career. Cause Lord knows it was a lucky one. Um, but having what people used to call street smarts, now they call emotional intelligence, but it was street smarts. It was yeah. reading people and understanding people and yeah. figuring out that you're likable and go with it, you know, because sometimes it's the popularity guy who the, that wins the contest, not always the, the smartest in the room. So, yeah. no, you know, you're, that's you're why right. I asked you that question. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's, you're exactly right. And thinking, you know, it's like the, the emperor wears no clothes, right? Or has no clothes that you, I felt that same way for a long time as I didn't believe that I came from the right pedigree to do the things that I was doing. I felt, what am I doing? I'm an imposter here, <laughs> you know, but at this, then I, you had to, you had to keep believing in yourself and to say, I, I do belong here. I've yeah. done all everything everyone else has done. And it just, yes, once you admit those things and, and take them for what they are and use them to your benefit, that's, that's good. And I'd like to tell the story too. It was when, when, uh, when I'm mentoring the kids and uh, mentoring the students, I say kids, but they're students. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they take offense to that. I'm like, well, you're my, my children. They're older than you. So your kids. <laughs> so um, I like to tell them that I said, I, I never had a resume. I never wrote a resume. You know, I can tell you, I, I had to go when I, oh, I'm sorry, when I came here, I had to formally write a resume. It was, I, I should show it someday. <laughs> it literally is like a, like, it looks like it's just bullet points on a piece of paper for yeah. formality. Right. And I said, but they were like, well, how did you do that? There wasn't LinkedIn or anything. I said, relationships. That's what they, it was relationships, you know, but 100%. You, know, you have relationships, especially now, 
I say the same thing, Rob. I tell all the students that I teach and folks that I, I talk to, I've, I've never had to get a job with a resume. You, you have to have it sort of to pass it in, but you yeah. get it through the relationships and the networking. Going back to what would you tell the kids? Network, ha sit down, have cups of coffee with everybody you know, and remember that you know them and why you know, and use it to your advantage, yeah. And business is the same way, right? 100%. It's just relationships and uh, all those good things. But listen, Tracy, um, it really was a pleasure. I could sit here and talk to you for another two hours. I got about a hundred more questions. <laughs> <laughs> we can take it offline. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really was a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for sharing your story. How do people get in touch with you? Sure. Well, first, it is a pleasure to share my story. I'm grateful that you believe that anyone out there wants to hear it. So thank you for that. Um, they can reach me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at theplayersimpact.com. I'm happy to answer any emails. I love chatting with anyone. I, I believe, again, in networking and, and talking to everybody. So, and you, and you do a lot. You're, you're pretty active in LinkedIn as well. Try to be, yeah. And then you, what's your website? Oh, theplayersimpact.com. Great. Yep. Great. Or Tracy DeForge on LinkedIn. Uh, should be easy to find. Right. Well, so we'll hit round of applause. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. It's really great to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> it's great chatting with you. Thank you so much for being on Sports Biz Podcast. I'm Rob Thompson. That's Tracy over there in the little box. Thank you, everybody. Take care. See you soon. I've been asked a great deal about the Sports Biz Startup Weekend, January 24th and 25th, 2020 in Orlando, Florida. And I can tell you the reason why we're really excited about it is because it came about organically. We developed this weekend based upon responses, feedback, and quite honestly, people saying you guys should do a weekend where you're going to bring all your listeners, you're, you're going to bring investors into the same room, startup founders, start over career pivoters, career seekers, college students, educators, all into one space that has some real meat and potatoes behind it, not just inspirational, educational speakers and panelists, experienced influencers and executives in the industry, but folks that have been there before, founders of startups, folks that have been through the process in the sports industry, whether it's technology, apps, events, leagues, doesn't really matter. Media side of it, we want to put all those people in a room where not only are you going to walk away getting tips and tools on some of the basic information that you may find that you use currently out there, so it's best practices sharing, but it's going to be a structured two days. It's going to be a structured two days. Panelists, guest speakers, into workshops, real educational workshops, where it's going to be wide enough that regardless of where you are in your business or in your career, there's going to be information that's applicable, whether it's talking about sales and marketing or mindfulness and self-awareness, personal branding, business branding, things that are out there right now are trending in the marketplace. So we're going to have some special events, some kickoff parties as well, networking events where you can meet other uh, folks from the industry with the hopes of collaboration. There's going to be group settings as well where you're going to be able to work one-on-one uh, -on -one with some investors and some executives as well as, as peers. And then we're going to have a private event as well that's going to require an all-access pass to meet event investors and more of a, a private inner circle roundtable on Saturday night. There's different levels of passes for. There's an all-access pass. There's a day just a session only passes. And then there's, there's a college student pass as well. Uh, you can find all that information on Game Plan U 
gameplanu.org. That's gameplanu, one word, the letter U, .org. So there's information on the weekend and on there. But the key, the key for us is we felt that it's great. You feel inspired when you go to these events and you leave and a lot of things. You just get caught back up with your day-to-day grind, your day-to-day challenges, and your day-to-day kind of fires that you could have put out. What we're really excited about is that part of GameplayingU.org is a 90-day program uh, which we're going to incorporate into these workshops. And basically what that is, if you're in a startup mode, start over mode, or, or a career-seeking mode, you will outline your goals. What do you want to get out of this weekend? What do you want to follow up with? What are things that excited you about it that you know that you need to execute it on? Whether it's getting a new software, a new process for your sales, new rate card, whatever it is, a new kind of pivoting in, in your marketing plan or your business model, whatever it is, we're pitch decks, <laughs> again, whatever it is, we're going to hold you accountable, but also you need to hold yourself accountable for things that you learn and, and, and kind of recoup the ROI and the investment you made to attend attend the weekend. So we're going to set up a roadmap for you to help you execute on those goals. But we're also going to provide you with the support that you need and the support that you need following the event with those 90-day goals. So it's really a all-inclusive, if you want to call it that, weekend where it's it's a little bit of everything, inspiration, learning, education, and then holding you to your goals that you set. So there is real outcome and a real ROI, what you need to execute to get you over that barrier, that hump, wherever you are with your startup or your career your start over process. So it's going to be an awesome weekend. Find out and learn more about uh, this weekend. Email us at info at gameplanu.org. That's gameplanu.org. Gameplan at the letter u.org. If you have, I can't say that one more time. If you have any questions, um, please email us and check it out and learn more on our website. We hope to see you there. This is built around you. We only have 50 spots available uh, for this uh, within our conference room. So it's really an intimate uh, setting. So we hope to see you down there and always, always, always make it a great day. You're listening to Sports Biz Podcast, broadcasted live at WNHU on the campus of the University of New Haven.